Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 201. I'm right, John's wrong. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Were you talking about that, John? Yeah, 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 that John. That John. Wrong. I won't ask what about. No, don't. Don't. You will open up a whole can of worms. I'm actually right. No, no, you're not. I think the audience can tell I'm right anyway. They just know. Yeah, yeah, you're right in being smug. Well, that's true. (laughs) This is Box Cutters. It's all about television. If you haven't listened before, you've missed out on 200 episodes. But they're still there. Oh, yeah. So go back. All the way back to episode number one. (laughs) From the beginning, catch up, then then come uh, back. Yeah, and then, then come back and say, oh... Hi. Because you, you, you won't understand the plot, otherwise you won't follow those, the story. Those single-figure ones, I think our best work. <laughs> it was all downhill after nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I've wasted so much of my life. Do you listen to the Ger- the Genevieve Lebman one, though, because that got mentioned in that TV Tonight article. That, yeah, is, yeah, that, that is a very that, that good was, interview. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a, a lovely uh, article that David Knox wrote in TV Tonight. Uh, you can check that out, tvtonight.com.au oh. forward slash... Check it out at TV Tonight.com <laughs> <laughs> today. This is Box Cutters. It's all about television. Were you aware of that, Brett Cropley? Yes. Okay, good. Tick. Next question. <laughs> Were you aware that we're going to be reviewing the television show Flash Forward? Yes, I was. So we're the, I knew that because I just blacked out and went forward in time 20 minutes and I saw us reviewing Flash Forward. Right. I just... Uh, you know, read our meeting notes from uh, from weeks earlier. Strangely, I went forward six months, and still the anger had not died down. Ang- anger, anger from about our review of Flash Forward. Oh, right, the fury, the fury of, the fury. of mm. because you were having an affair during the review of Flash Forward. I Josh. was. You were. I was. I'm quite looking forward to that 15 <laughs> minutes of this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it was with Jack Davenport. Who could have seen that coming? Weird. Not me. Not me. Haven't you seen uh, the talented Mr. Ripley? Brett, <laughs> were you aware as well that we've got an I Don't Buy It in this show? Uh, I was once I got into the studio. Uh-uh. Wrong answer. Sorry. Two out of three. What about uh, Ray Watch? Where there was a Ray Watch? Again? Uh-uh. When I looked at the running order. Oh, 50%. You only just passed. <laughs> <laughs> this is odd. This has gone odd. Has it? Make the show start. Hey. John, yeah. why don't we kick things off with the Box Cutters News? Okay. And now for the news. In news that you've uh, probably already heard, even even despite the fact that... Uh, that uh, TV Tonight have also covered it. It has been everywhere. The uh, the great entertainer Don Lane passed away last week. His Tonight Show ran from to nineteen and uh, took over from Dave Allen. D- d- did he? Who offended uh, a bit too much the Catholics, I believe. Right. Yes. So so Dave Allen taken off air. Don Lane put on, and it, it was it was kind of like a. Uh, just a quick get the the first entertainer we can find, and he was a he was a lounge singer back then. Work in Vegas. Yep. Yep. And uh, and 
got, ported. Uh, somebody worded up uh, Channel Nine's uh, uh, variety producer. Um, a buddy in the States who said, oh, go down to Vegas and check out this guy. So did we import him? He actually wasn't a local, locally living yeah. American. He yeah. actually was, was brought over. Yeah. See, I, I know nothing about Don Lane. For some reason, I, I never saw this show uh, when I was kid. Is it 70s? Are we talking that he was late Late 70s, uh, early 80s. And was it a late night? It was. It was, talk, a, it uh, was a late night talk show. Talk show, variety show, chat show? What, what kind of thing are we Oh, more talking? like a Letterman kind of a thing. But okay. it, had a, it had a big wheel. Mm-hmm. It was Bert's wheel. Yeah. Uh, Bert Newton, you know, basically went on from uh, in Melbourne tonight and uh, and uh, working with Graham Kennedy to working with Don Lane. And Bert and Don had some great, uh, some some really great chemistry together. Uh, but also, uh, Don Lane was the you know he introduced us to uh, people like uh, Yuri Geller, and uh, uh, so so he he would have a whole lot of kind of mystics but also skeptics on his show but he really enjoyed the the mystical aspect of it doris stokes uh astrology goddess for Mm -hmm. some time Mm -hmm. and uh uh, james randy and james and james randy uh yeah famous skeptic skeptic. oh okay right famous skeptic james randy uh was on it uh and also uh, i remember seeing you know this man who had been hit by lightning twice and now he could read your mind and stuff like that so so it was it wasn't just celebrity guests. It was just people that he thought would be interesting for the show. Uh, it was a very relaxed show, very enjoyable. But what what hasn't been covered a lot is that when the Don Lane show finished and, and uh, Don Lane was kind of just uh, roaming around in... Uh, uh, Packs. No. No. I was going to say... I was going to say uh, almost anonymity for okay. a while. Mm-hmm. He was... Uh, you just couldn't find him anywhere. We then went back he, to the States, I think. Then he turned up uh, hosting the Super Bowl one year for, uh, I think... SBS. SBS or ABC. And uh, and after that, he got a regular NFL uh, TV show and went on to uh, basically be the host of uh, NFL American Gridiron in Australia for, oh. uh, for Australian television. You know he finished out the, the late show? He was the last... Mistaken heard artist doing the song at the end of the show. Oh, who, oh, who right. was he mistaken for then? Do you know? Uh, uh, no. Don uh, was it Don, Don McLean? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just making pro- pro- probably Don Cleo McLean. Lane, maybe. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, so uh, so uh, he was uh, very sick for a while. We'd heard uh, quite some time ago he passed away uh, towards the end of last week. And uh, just to correct myself, uh, it was actually Tom Collins that spoke to Wayne Newton in Vegas, and Don Lane was playing the Copacabana in Hawaii. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, continuing the the sad dead people news, this actually would have been news in last week's show, but we were too busy celebrating how great we were. Because, yeah, we were pretty great. But uh, Barry Letts died. Now, Barry Letts is one of those names that um, will be highly recognisable to a small number of geeky boys like me and unknown to the rest of you. Barry Letts was the producer of Doctor Who through the John Pertwee period, um, 1970-74. John, 
Yeah. Is this another Doctor Who story? It, it is a Doctor Who story, but Barry right. Letts was an important man. Okay. I, I swear. I mean, as Convince well, me. As well as his Doctor Who work, yeah, which, which is the important reason, he did, was also the producer of the BBC's classic serial in the late 70s and early 80s. He did many award-winning adaptations of novels, including Great Expectations, Alice in Wonderland, Jane Eyre. He directed episodes of EastEnders. But he is probably best known for having created characters like Sarah Jane Smith, he created. Ah. And she's still got a TV show now. She does. She's doing well. Uh, he cast Tom Baker. As the fourth Doctor, you know, arguably the, the most famous, the most of the successful Doctors. of the Doctors, and he wrote uh, and or directed a whole bunch of very famous stories, including Terror of the Autons um, and the Demons and Planet of the Spiders, Carnival Monsters. Many of these considered to be the the best of the series. Did you say uh, earlier before the show he also did something uh, with uh, creating something in color? For the first time on television. Well, he was the he was the first um, producer of, of Doctor Who in color. Like so, in color. Right. He was also obsessed with technology. He did a lot of uh, experimentation with with the, the CSO technology, what we would know as, as blue screen mm-hmm. um, or chroma key. He was he was uh, heavily involved with that at the BBC, and he used to try and you know, do little experiments. And on one of the DVDs of Doctor Who, there's a little piece with him wandering around on a model set, going, "Hello, I have been put into this model set through the magic of CSO." Oh. So, um, yeah, he was. So, so he was like England's answer to Mike TV from the uh, yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Hey, mom, look at me. I'm on TV. <laughs> was, Hello, mother. Look at me. I'm on television. Um, and so, What's so, up, mother? So, yes, Barry Letts, uh, you know, a good man. He will be missed. Uh, uh, from speak, from, from Dead. Oh, what? Are you going to move on from Dead People? Because I had yes. a couple of other Dead People. Uh, Vic Mitzi, who wrote, uh, amongst others, The Adams Family, uh, opening uh, credits, uh, theme music, and Soupy Sales. From deaths to births. And so are the days of our lives. Uh, channel 7, or 7, the organisation, have announced another channel. Finally, they've announced their uh, their digital channel, which will confusingly be called... Seven two. That did confuse me. I must admit, because it's a seven as a number, and then T W O. Yeah, it's like an FM uh, radio call sign of whatever state is number seven. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's it is. A Tasmania, yeah. isn't it? Tasmania two. I think that would be. Yeah, that's weird. I don't. I can't get that on FM. It's weird. Tasmania T W O. Very confusing. So, uh, so, so they they announced that last Friday they're going to be launching on the first of November, which is a great time to launch. Uh, I've I've had a look at their schedule. Is this a hard launch? Yeah, hard launch or a soft launch? Do we know? I think I think they just they just tepid launch. I think spongy launch. I think the way it works mm. in Australian television is that they do a launch, and then if that doesn't go so well, <laughs> then they say, "Oh, it was just a soft launch." Yeah. So, uh, which actually makes the f- First, the second launch, a revisionist launch rather than a hard launch. Stalinist launch, they call the second yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, second Stalinist one's, launch. Second one's a Stalinist launch. So this one's just kind of a Lenin kind of let's uh, let's try to make everyone better launch, and then Stalin will come in later. So is my understanding of Australian television. You'd think I'd know more from hosting two hundred and one episodes of this show, mm-hmm. but no, 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 I don't. Uh, they uh, they're going to have a lot of. Uh, American ABC and Disney content on Seven Two. I just, I'd rather they called it Isenac Two Point Isn't it it's, weird that like ABC Two kind of works, SBS Two kind of works, but Seven Two is just odd. It just feels odd and much odder than calling it Go, which at least you know is something. Yeah, yeah. They if they had called it 
uh, you know, Debbie does seven. Yeah. That would make so much more sense than seven two. And apparently Uh, there'd been a bunch of trademarked logos from seven for something called Mate. Mate? Well, see, Mate's mate's not going to work with this because there is a lot of kids' content on 7.2, which is also probably why they didn't go with Debbie Does 7. Mm. Uh, they're, so, they're, they've got a lot of uh, a lot of Disney movies playing during the day uh, in their first few weeks mm-hmm. and uh, and family family movies later on at night. Uh, but they're also going to be showing the new season of Heroes on 7.2 rather than actual 7. It's just too... You know what? They're, they're doing it just to screw with us because it's so hard to say... And make it unambiguous. Seven two. Yeah, because is it seven as well? Mm. Is it showing on seven as well? Is it showing on seventy two? What's going on? It's nuts. I, I hate them for it. We should call it Ice Snack Seven from now on. I think Ice Snack Just Seven to make, to make it clear okay. to the listeners. So, uh, so uh, yeah, Ice Snack Seven point <laughs> Ice Snack Seven point Also on uh, Ice Snack Seven point they're going to have uh, they're going to start replaying. What about Bob? What about Bob? That no. rings a bell. Not what about Bob. What about... What about Jim? What about something? The Bob Morrison show? What about me? Uh, it is Remember that show? Oh, the no. first six episodes were great, and then it changed. You kept watching it. Uh, oh, guy, single Brian. guy. Brian. What about Brian? Which, uh, anyway, that's going to be my one thing next week. With Damn, the, I've ruined that surprise. With the best friend getting married and Brian having the hots yeah. for the wife and, and yeah. they break up and, and the married guy gets together with the hooker. So I'm turning up shows that else. didn't get a good enough run the first time around or probably didn't deserve one. Uh, so I'm sure we'll see like Southland up there at some stage. Uh, they're going to be showing those on iSnack 7.0. Mm-hmm. I was quite uh, quite excited that they're going to be showing Leno. Did you read about that? I, d- I did not read about that. Yes, that's they're going to show Leno, not, uh, uh, which is now is in his uh, 10 p.m. format from over in the States, uh, although it is getting beaten by uh, uh, some cable shows. It's also where they're going to put uh, the, uh, the premieres of the last season of Lost, uh, also Ugly Betty, 24... All the shows that should be making money for them but just aren't are going into what will now be called I Trash Can 7.0. But, but then going back onto Normal 7? Who the hell knows? Okay. Brett, what's happening at SBS? Um, well, SBS are uh, going to be looking for content themselves uh, given that Channel 9 have outbid them for the rights uh, in a deal with BBC Worldwide Australia for Top Gear, which is both the uh, original and best Top Gear with uh, our friends, uh, the, the Hammock and, uh, and James and uh, Jeremy Clark. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, uh, and also Top Gear Australia. Does which is exist? really Top Gear Australia? Yeah, they, yeah, they brought in uh, J- James Morrison. Uh, trumpeter extraordinaire, the See, person who was never ever known as a See, driver. I was going to make that joke. You said James Morris. I was going, yeah, the jazz trumpet player. Oh no, it really is the jazz trumpet player. Okay. <laughs> it really is. It okay. really was him. Um, and uh, and lead singer of the Doors. Yeah, talented man. Mm. And that was quite curious. Like I I thought that SBS had, had done another deal with Top Gear just to um, have the the franchise essentially rights uh, for Australia. Um, so it's strange that uh, that's locked in as a package with uh, the main Top Gear. 
And uh, there has been some talk about, I'm trying, oh, Warney on, on Top Gear Australia. Um, so it looks like they they will completely re uh, personnel that, and um, you know what? Uh, Any more uh, little? All of this has just made me not want to bother with Top Gear at all. I don't like any of it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's ruined it all for me. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. Sean Brown uh, was having a bit of a whinge about uh, you know it's Sean his, Brown. It's SPS that goes out and and gives these things their starts, and then we can't compete with the commercial broadcasters because mm. they have all the money. Who would have thought you hear Sean Brown whinging about anything? I know. Anyway, yeah. at least he's not writing. But you know who is writing? Who? The Sean English, Brown, the English viewer. Uh, this is actually this is actually quite Sean a Sean Brown um, is English. A major story that's been been bubbling away for weeks, and we we haven't even touched on. But it's yeah, you know, let's let's go to the end. Um, Question time, which has been running for thirty years in the UK, uh, which is a, a politicians go on. It's like Q and A. It's like Q and A. Yeah. Or Quanda, as, as it seems to always look like when I see it written down. Yes. Um, but not, I'm, not, uh, I'm flying them later this week. Yeah. <laughs> not just the uh, broadcast of the Question Time No, no, it's an, actual, yeah, it's an actual show in which people go on. It's considered very important. It's been running for 30 years in the UK. They invited the British National Party leader, Nick Griffin, oh, onto the show. What could be the, the harm in that? Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they thought some Nazis, that'll liven it up. Um, now, but body of a lion... Yeah, the dragon. Yeah. This has been quite controversial, uh, as you might may expect. Now, the interesting thing is that Nick Griffin and, and, in fact, the BNP, they do have some seats in the EU Parliament. They have this because no one in England bothers to vote in the EU elections, or they can. Uh-huh. And cleverly, the BNP went, well, hang on, we run for that. We don't need to get that many votes because no one bothers voting. So, you know. It, it, that's democracy. They're in there. They're, and you'd guess they'd be able to get Austria to vote for them. Uh, well, I think that you just have to get the UK to vote for you, and ah. because the UK doesn't vote, doesn't bother voting, the percentage of votes you need would you know, be. It's like what the Christians do in the states. Do they? Yeah. In what way? Uh, they they get very organised and they get all of their uh, Christian buddies out there voting where uh, those non-believers yeah. uh, tend not to be organised and, and so have actually, a lot of... And uh, so, that and, is a fair point. And yeah. Jesus wins the election and every Jesus year. Jesus wins election every year. So anyway, so Nick no, Griffin... I'm sorry, it's Jesus. So the BBC, the, the, the Deputy Director General, Mark Pyford, has said that it was appropriate to invite Mr Griffith to, Griffin to appear on the show because uh, yeah, the BNP actually has some seats in power like anyone else. Um, most people don't really agree with that, and there were rioting at, outside of uh, the BBC Broadcasting House. 100 anti-fascist protesters with 10 BNP supporters, and uh, there was arrests, well, at least one arrest made. The curious thing on top of all this, though, is that the um, the, the voting, the, so the viewing figures, and I'm sorry, this is a little bit... A bit Trashy now, but the viewing figures are the highest that Question Time has ever had in its 30-year run, with a peak audience of 8.3 million people tuning to BBC, making it the third most watched program of the day behind EastEnders and Coronation Street. Nothing rates like nationalism, John. Nothing rates like Nazis. And it's just kind of weird to think you've got this quite boring show. It's just people sitting behind a desk talking. While what was happening outside the show was, you know, rioting and, and tear gas and, you know, helicopters, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And the media coverage the show got, like for what is supposed to be a news program, it was actually creating more news 
because it was bringing London yeah. to a standstill. Well, still. yeah, and, and so there was more news reporting happening about the event only happening because of the news so, program. Why, why were the people rioting? I, I still don't understand it. They were rioting because this guy was well, being it was, allowed it was to... Well, felt the BBC should not be giving a platform to Nazis. That was that was the basic protest. And the BBC mm. keeps coming back going, well, the whole point about question time, though, is that they're elected representatives. These are elected representatives, so we, we do have to cover, you know, yeah, if, if you don't like it, well, number. why don't you actually try to vote? Well, I think this is this is what no Nobody one's realized saying. before they snuck up and grabbed the seat. Well, this is the point that no one in the UK seems to care about the EU Parliament or to bother being involved in. So, in fact, they have actually led this happening through their own, you know, their own. And that's spoken up quite a bit uh, by the traditional parties in uh, the UK um, through you know the the poo pooing of, of the bureau- bureaucrats in Brussels and uh, you know being dictated to from Europe. Yeah, and so the, the BNP's using that kind of stuff as mm. well. And they, yeah, I mean you've got, to, you've got to say the BNP's doing quite a good job of this sort of grassroots politics. But so people are going, BBC should not be promoting these kind of crazy fascists. BBC is going, well, people shouldn't have voted for the crazy fascists. We have a program that's meant to put on. People who are elected. We're putting them on. And so there's still a question. But it's not le- mandated through legislation as equal coverage uh, coming up to an election is. Not so much, but I believe the whole point about question time is that yeah, it's meant to have a, a an even spread of political opinions. Well, and, they, and, and yeah, I, I would think that any journalist worth their salt would think, well, there's a... a there is a duty to uh, cover as much as possible. Uh, it's not really giving a platform to Nazis so much as covering what's happening in the EU Parliament with the elected representatives of that country. Well, I don't know. I can see. I can see the argument either way on this one. Really, it's hard to know. Especially, I believe this is off the top of my head. There was some sort of leaked document in which Nick Griffin was talking about how they had to pretend to be nice or something in order but to ri- come across rioting. well. Rioting? I mean, this is... I say I rioting. I may be playing that up a little bit. But it may have just been protest. They were, but, they were but, blocking you know, everything. But they I, had, I want to take some more dramatic. Cards. And the BBC they had knew, placards, I'm guessing. BBC knew it was going to be an issue and actually considered uh, helicoptering him in, uh, but there's, there wasn't any way to uh, land a helicopter uh, at uh, BBC House. See, how exciting is this, though? Can you imagine Q&A and meanwhile outside? You know, but, but it's also, to me, the interesting thing is that this is in which the news reporting, to a degree, has become the news itself. And at what point do you just cut out the outside world and start creating the news? Uh, because one uh, could argue that, that, that Question Time itself has done very well out of this. At the point that uh, Berlusconi owns everything. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Which is, he's about to own uh, Britain's seats in the EU. He's, he's, about to, he's about to buy them. Hey, speaking of, uh, speaking of none of that at all, John. Yeah. You know how you were saying to me last week, Josh, why don't they ever make a show about Lego. I, I was saying that. You were. At the same time, I was saying, why do Americans always say Legos as a plural? Why do people they, in they Adelaide lo- say Lego? Do they? Yes. Do they? Uh-huh. Yeah, that wasn't a question that he asked. No. That wasn't. I do wonder about the Americans, though, because you have know, Lego, mini Lego. It's, it's, it's a plural. It's like it's, sheep. But the Americans, yeah, Legos. He was playing with Legos. No, he was playing with Lego. He was just playing with Lego. Unless, unless they're actually playing with, like, tomato paste. Yeah. 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 Huh? Did yeah. you think of that? Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, right. No, prove me wrong. Well, think of that next time. I'm thinking of it now. Because they do love tomato paste. So this is a show all about tomato paste. No! <laughs> uh, reality, uh, a reality producer who uh, is uh, the exec- executive producer of one of the Cartoon Network's reality 
television series. <laughs> called Destroy, Build, Destroy. I know. What? They have a, a bunch of camera crews following around cartoon characters. Uh, <laughs> much Bo like... Was, uh, was on there. And, like, like drawn together. Much like, yeah. much like MTV no longer plays music. I think the Cartoon Network <laughs> no is... No longer, uh, okay. Yeah, I think it's just going to be, you know, it, it, it's going to be... Real world third grade, and the American Movie happen. Channel no longer plays movies. But isn't I mean, that what it's, nothing in America for? does anything anymore. S sorry, isn't that what Nickelodeon's for? Yeah, Nickelodeon's owned by a different company. Ah. Nickelodeon is owned by but, MTV, but completely unimaginative. So they haven't done this reality show about Lego. Yeah, pr probably. Well, they're they're too busy with uh, Nick Jr. But they've uh, so this guy uh, Scott Messick, he's uh, signed a deal with the Lego Group to produce. A, a number of non-scripted programs about Lego. Is that just filming people playing with Lego? What? I mean, that would be non-scripted, wouldn't it? That's, that, that's no, I suspect it'll actually be Lego characters. Have you guys not come across uh, the Lego Star Wars? Yeah, that makes no sense entire either. Saga yeah, but that's, that's, but that's not a reality. That's not a reality series. No, no, but it, these are Lego people who are animated on screen and. You you take you play the part of the Lego person. Yeah, but how could it be non-scripted then with a computer-generated Lego person? Uh, well... So when you say Lego person, do you mean a minifig? He does mean a minifig. Okay. As opposed to... Like, like you know, the That's people the you get in term. Lego... In, in the Lego biz, Lego you'll people. find minifig is the correct term. Oh, I'm not in the biz. Uh, I'm just a, I, I'm a, an amateur going my back. Anyway, so this is, this is going to be... Uh, this, I never this is going to be finishing off building that freaking Death Star in Lego. That's how, I, that's how amateur I am. Death Star, Death Star was hard. You should have at least started with Millennium Falcon mm, yes. and then moved on from yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, so, so Lego are currently developing a, uh, a movie with Warner Brothers mm -hmm. about Lego. A scripted movie. A scripted movie yeah. about Lego. And so this is going to be kind of counter to that. So they're going to have a... I was going to say a leg in both camps, but really. The scripted movie is going to be about Lego in what sense? In the sense that it's currently being developed like with Warner Brothers. Or, or a, a movie in which the Lego minifigs... I think it's going to be a the, movie in which the, the minifigs it's going are... To be, are the, yeah. It's going to be a live like action. The games. It is going to be oh, a live, live action. action movie based around Live Lego. action? Yes. That makes no sense. Well... It's Lego. You can build anything you want. Your story's you want. weird. None of your story has made any sense. The there's, no, there's, no, there's no facts in your story. It's, it's just random of, words stuck it's together. It's full of facts. Lego <laughs> have decided to branch out into uh, entertainment above and beyond video games, and they're having movies made and reality television shows produced. Right. I think that's astounding. <laughs> Speaking of uh, random words stuck together, <laughs> hey, hey, Saturday, it's... <laughs> Four random words you can stick together in many different ways. One is, hey, hey, it's Saturday. Uh, <laughs> that took a few that too was many brilliant. steps. No, that was great. I love that. Uh, who, uh, <laughs> whose return is practically set in stone according to TV. No, according to the Daily Telegraph um, for next year. Uh, we're not sure exactly. Is that because Carl Stefanovic leaked it on the Today Show? Did he? Yes. Uh, this sources the Herald... Uh, Claims as it sourced the Herald Sun. So, and the Daily Telegraph has it's sourced the Herald, the Herald Sun. Sun. Yep. And they're pretty much the same newspaper. Uh, well, this is a Daily Telegraph report about something that was reported in the Herald Sun. 
That's the great thing about the news. It wasn't now. stiff. One person needs to say anything, and then the papers can go. Reports on the internet claim. So then they, they, they're all saying, well, we're reporting something that has happened. We're just not actually checking any facts or... or Tongues. The Herald Sun may have gotten it from Twitter. Yeah. Tongues were set a-wagging when David Gingell, head of uh, the Nine Network, appeared, as if by magic, at the Richmond Studios uh, before <laughs> heading out for lunch with Daryl well, yeah. Summers. If he teleported and in, I'd be talking too, going, yeah. wow, there was nothing. <laughs> and then Gingell appeared, like, just, just in front of my eyes. And Michael Healy, who's and Michael the director Healy. of programming. <laughs> Uh, industry and, and insiders Ian are Healy, saying it's for, not a matter of if keeper for Australia. Hey, hey, we'll be back next year, but when? Well, uh, Carl Stefanovic did leak it on the Today Show. He was uh, talking to a guest was and saying, again? Uh, so, "No, are you sure? Yes, <laughs> no, no, I can't be entirely one hundred percent sure because I saw it on television and I didn't have a breathalyzer <laughs> on me, or nor was I in the same state as him. But just thought I'd ask. He did." He did leak it on television, uh, uh, saying to uh, a guest, oh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you uh, more on, on Hey Hey next year. Uh, and then said, oh, I don't think anyone knows about that yet. Uh, well, they do now. Mm. <laughs> Who the hell's telling Stefan Hovick anything? He knows everything. He and David Gingell are housemates. <laughs> and that... <laughs> he shot Kennedy. ...is the Boxcutters News. Hi, this is Lawrence Mooney. I've been on the telly, and if you're into televisual delights, then there's only one show you need to be listening to, and that's Boxcutters. Get your ears into it. 200 episodes of experience all down the drain. (laughs) All down the drain. Flash Forward is a new show from uh, ABC in the US Mm. that was supposed to take over from Lost. Everyone was saying, eh, it's going to take over from Lost going to be the new Lost. Lost is finishing next week, next week, next year. We need something to take over from it. Well, how about Flash Forward? That sounds brilliant. That's how the conversations went in the ABC studios. It is, uh, it is about, and we've covered this. Uh, no, I, I don't understand what you're trying to okay. tell me, Josh. Okay, what the, John, okay, yeah, so yeah. Lost is finishing okay, next yeah, year. Yeah. They're going to need a sh- another show. Oh, like Lost. That's like Lost. Ah, could but fit not that Lost. kind of like that where can, Lost was. Yes. Yeah. Fit in the time slot. Fit in the uh, the, the concept. Basically, yeah, yeah. build the genre and the, yeah. Build a, a unique audience wow. around. Show they don't have a show like that. Well, they yeah. uh, they they came up with a, a show that's based on a Robert J. Sawyer novel called Flash Forward. Oh, okay. Sawyer. He was he's one of my favorite characters in Lost. Yeah. That's different. I think you're just confusing John. <laughs> anyway, get on with it. What's the show about? So it's it's about uh, everybody uh, in the world blacks out for a, a, a little over a minute, and uh, and in that time they discover uh, later on, but they discover that in that time they were witnessing things that would be happening six months in the future. So everyone blacks out. And they see what their lives will be like at some point six months in the future, but everybody at exactly the same moment. So some people were asleep, some people would be dead, some people would be just at the supermarket. Meanwhile, while they were blacked out, uh, many, many accidents happened. Yes. Because everybody was passed out. Yes. Buses ploughing into lakes. Correct. Planes falling into buildings. Sure, although I don't understand that one. The, the the most hilarious. That no, doesn't bit. make a lot of sense. There, there are two hilarious bits of, of of incidental destruction. I was going to mention this later. But I'll mention it now. One one which David Double A emailed to me saying, "If you freeze frame at one point, you can see in a news report that the Eiffel Tower is on fire." 
how? It's made of steel. <laughs> it's like, how on earth could the Eiffel Tower? Was someone in a Zeppelin trying to recreate Santos Dumont's amazing 1907 achievements and they managed to run into it and someone was smoking? Ah, and then the I other think one, you've just discovered a subplot. <laughs> and the other one, which we, we again freeze frame because it made us laugh so much at home, is that Big Ben is on fire at one point. The Houses of Parliament in the UK, the, the clock tower... Just the top bit. Just Big Ben is on fire. How? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody left the, the toast in too long? <laughs> yeah, no, it's hilarious. Someone was up there cleaning it with fire and <laughs> they passed out and it the, got out of control. The White House, not on fire. <laughs> I just with- love the, the random things on fire is quite cool. Or the helicopter smashing into a building. That was, oh, Hel- helicopter smashing into a building, that makes sense. Mm. Planes just falling out of the sky does not make sense. But anyway... Anyway, so... Maybe if they're on approach. Uh, not so on autopilot. Q, uh, Ray finds little brother. Joseph? No, no. Ray finds little brother. Uh, who's, uh, Shakespeare. Whose star has <laughs> fallen so far. Oh, let's see. This I was going to bring up in pork, but let's start now. I had that same thing, too, going, oh, Ray finds little brother Shakespeare. You, you, what a, what a fall from grace this is. And, and I was thinking about how we keep seeing these shows recently with the, the Rufus Sewells and the, the Gary Oldmans. And, and I have the same reaction. And is that just my own personal bigotry? Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm on a show about television. We say how great television is. Television's in many ways better than films. Yet still, in our hearts and our minds, films are proper, real, grown-up. Because Ray Fiennes' little brother Shakespeare is probably going to be making more money out of doing this series than he's made in the last 10 years of doing films. If Ray Fiennes had appeared in an HBO series, or a series, even even a series like Lost, that Mm -hmm. we could respect, uh, I think we would go, oh, good call, Ray Fiennes' little Little brother. brother, Shakespeare. Shakespeare. (laughs) Will, I think. (laughs) Good work there. You found a script. It was a good script. You said, I'm going to go for it and do it. And uh, and you're putting your reputation on the line for that for that show, rather than uh, hey Ray finds little brother, you've been offered this script and it might not be so great, but hey, it's work. Do you yeah. feel like a dirty whore? <laughs> <laughs> so Ray finds little brother Shakespeare like. plays plays a little dirty whore called FBI <laughs> secret special agent Mark Benford. Now, as far as I can tell, Mark Benford solves all of his cases through Google. The use of Google seems to be the Do only thing. Call FBI. It no, no, because it's a special. They've got very special, yeah, obviously industry Googles they're using. Oh, so they're it's, a, it's just, an FBI yeah, Google. FBI Google. It's the special one that makes that little beep every time yeah. you put it and in a letter. He doesn't even Google. He gets the other chick to do it. Like, I need you to Google this. Oh, it's this thing. They were so stupid. These FBI agents. I wanted to. The episode that I, I don't know how much of this is spoilery because we're. I'm just in the first three episodes. These have already gone to air mm-hmm. um, everywhere, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. well, I won't spoil too much. There is a storyline in which in someone's flash forward, they knew they were going to get released because they gave some information to the FBI. Now, it doesn't seem a to Nazi. occur. A Nazi. A Nazi. <laughs> it doesn't seem to occur to the FBI that, in fact, maybe they got released because they released them because they'd seen the vision which said they released them. Like, no one actually knows. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, literally. No one seems to realize that the information could be bogus. It's just the FBI are stupid. And since we know that in this, the FBI are incredibly stupid. They are are so thick. They really are. They're really dim. They just didn't use it to sit around going, oh, evil's bad. Oh, maybe evil's not always bad. No, evil's always bad. Oh, how do you judge evil? It's like, oh, shut up. And then, yeah, then they release him and realize that they've just been stupid. And that's, that is one of the, the big problems with this show. So, it goes through, we follow a whole bunch of people. There are some doctors, there's a, and, and we talk about their uh, 
their flash forwards. There's and the whiny other FBI agent. <laughs> just yeah, like, shut the hell up. Oh, I didn't have one. Oh, I didn't have a vision. I must be dead. You could have been asleep. No, I must be dead. No, seriously, dude. You could have just been asleep. No, I'm dead. Oh, shut up. Shut up. You, you waste of everybody's time. So... So you've got all of those storylines that kind of, you know, just fill in. But it, we really follow uh, the, the character played by Ray Fine's little brother Shakespeare uh, as he goes through trying to work out who caused the flash forward. And he starts collecting things, uh, notes and things that he's, uh, he's organised on a whiteboard uh, and he'll, he'll also paste... Uh, so, so it's a whiteboard, but he's got photos on it, and he's got little index cards with it's names. It's more a pin-up board than a whiteboard. Oh, it's, is it more it's a pin-up more, board? It's more a pin-up board. Yeah. And he, uh, oh, that's an important point that, that comes into play later. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, and, he, uh, and, and so he writes all these things down on index cards. Now, he's seen all of these things on the index cards in his flash forward. Yes. And he's trying very much to emulate that exact same pinball. Yeah. Which, Ra- which rather is than, kind of... Rather than saying, hey, I wonder if I put this index card over on this side of the pinboard, if uh, that's going to change the future the, the, at this all. This is one of, one of the... Um, yeah, because the few... And given that uh, in his flash forward while he's looking at the pinboard... He's got he's got a, a squad coming in towards him with laser scopes that that are flashing all over mm-hmm. the place, clearly giving away their position. <laughs> Surely it's not the best thing to have that to pinball. Try and repeat, yeah. Well, this is the, the few interesting kind of uh, points in this, which the show seems to have no interest have a in. Wiki. What, 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 yeah, one is well, he's, he's so used to googling. That's how he does his all his work. What one of the um one of the the interesting things is of course that some of the stuff on that pinboard is only created because he remembers seeing it in the future. So it's a paradox. That's kind of interesting. I oh, know the show doesn't actually even bother looking at that. It just no. sort of ignores that. La, 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 la. Just wait until he goes back and kills his own father. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, you know. In his teens. And yeah. part of it is the idea of can you change the future now that you've seen it, you know, now that it's been observed, you have the power to change it, mm. surely. Which and, Whiny Boy wants to. And, but no one's even bothering trying. Like, it's a weird thing. No one's even gone. It's like Whiny Boy had the opportunity in episode three to, to make a noticeable change. Like, there's a character who will be important in someone's flash forward. He could have stopped them getting a job. And if I was Whiny Boy, I would have tried that out just to see what would happen. You yeah. Know? People can change things. Apparently in the book, this is originally based on. That's actually a yes, theme. Yes, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've read the book. And oh, it's, have you? Okay. Uh, it's, it's quite... It, it's really quite interesting. Uh, it's not a very well-written book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but, but it does look more into the science of it. Rather than being... Set in an FBI office, it is set at CERN, uh, and they think that the flash forward was created by turning on the Large Hadron Collider, mm-hmm. uh, and everyone has a flash forward to about twenty, 20 years, years in the in the future. Uh, there's I- there's some great some great things about quantum mechanics in there, uh, and and it's not it's not done in a really nerdy way. It's done in a in a kind of matter of fact. Is it possible to have Two different futures. Well, obviously, because I don't mind the TV show not bothering with any of that. Yeah, you know, that, that's fine. It's a TV show. It's going to be entertaining in its own way. But the fact that you've presented this thing where people have futures they don't like, and they're apparently doing nothing to stop them. No, no one's trying to change their lives. The the whingy doctor wife going, uh, apparently I'm having an affair in six months. Oh, it's awful. Um, but she's not doing anything about it apart from whinging while plinky, plinky piano music plays endlessly. There was an awful lot of plinkity, plinkity piano music of this show too, which is having me going, just stop, just stop. But yeah, the fact that no one, no one is remotely interested in 
the ideas behind this. And it seems to be that it's spending most of its time with whingy characters whinging about relationships that we don't really care about because we don't know them yet anyway. So, so did you like it, John? <laughs> yeah, first episode, I was going, okay, this episode's boring me. Uh, but it's, yeah, I understand it's running into that problem you have uh, uh, as a writer on this kind of thing. How much can you assume the audience knows? And they're assuming we know nothing. However, I think every single person watching this is watching it because I've seen an ad going, everyone finds out what's happening in the future. So, yeah, to me, you have to, you have to be aware of what the ad for your show is going to be to at least have some idea of what you can skip. And that whole episode... End scene after scene telling us it was worldwide, that people have blanked out. They keep repeating the same information in endless numbers of boardroom sequences, which is just tedious. You're talking about the first episode there? The first episode. Had, I mean, just in the first Did you feel did, the magic when they, they mentioned the name of the series? Yeah. I, uh, were, you, were you playing the game? Were you playing the... Say it. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> I, I, Say it. Because the funny thing is, I was thinking about the... the you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of the new Doctor Who, but there's um, one where they go to a parallel world, and it starts off with this great... Beginning where the Doctor and the two companions come out, and he goes, "Oh, I think it's this thing where," and they see this blimp in the sky and go, "Ah, oh, parallel universe." Yeah, it's parallel universe, isn't it? Like in the comics. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> and the idea that the show goes, "You know what the hell it is?" Yeah, let's get that over and done with, so we can start the plot. Whereas in fast forward, these endless flash, dis- flash. flash forward, sorry, these endless discussion scenes about. About and we all saw something. It might be from the future. Let's cross-reference things on Google. It's just like really. And it, it, it is. It is so drawn out and mm. and unnecessary. Nothing moves fast. And and the fact that they. But I was also the first said, episode though. I thought maybe just the first episode thing. But then yes, yeah, second, third episodes. It's like. It's still got that slight tedium, but it, it, it obviously isn't even interested in its central premise. It's kind of half of it just wants to be this whingy relationship drama. Yes. You know, and, and that so even thinking about flash forward as a replacement for Lost was like, did these people not either read the scripts for Flash Forward or ever watch an episode of Lost? Because it has none of that in there. One of the things I love about Lost is it doesn't really explain anything too hard. Uh, you know, they're lost on an island. Something's happened. Well, what's that? What's that smoke monster? What's that big noise in the jungle? You know what? We're not going to tell you in this uh, in this episode. Maybe three seasons down the track. There was a kangaroo on the street, which I was quite keen on. That was that was a shot which I thought was really <laughs> quite charming. Yeah, but, but then, it was you know, a poorly composited shot as well. It was a poorly composited <laughs> shot, but it was yeah. And then, but then Sylvester just thinks it's the giant, the, the biggest mouse, mouse he's ever there, seen. Yeah. And then he tries to get him embarrassed in front of his son. And yeah, maybe just I went to weird. a happy place. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, just, I don't know. Look, this show seems to have good reviews, and I, I can't work out who it's for. I can't work out. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I am finding the characters so irritating in their their vague, bland ineptness. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, they are vague in their bland. Ineptness. And so whiny. They're so whiny. They, re- they, they are. And, and, and none of them... I mean, this is... One of the things about the book is that uh, it brings into question uh, fate versus uh, individualism mm. and uh, can we control our own destiny. Which, to me, would, would be the interesting part of this story. And none of that is covered. Not even touch on it. Which is where, where we are at the beginning of the last season of Lost. They've, they've done this massive action that... that you know, is is on a on a yeah yeah and uh, planet know, killing kind of can kinda we level. can we control the future or can we not and the uh, and so that yeah they are they're doing that in Lost and really failing to do that in this uh, thing that's going to save ABC. So, after Mr. Lost. Cropley, you're the you're the Pollyanna of the group. You usually try and find you know, something nice to say when all around is dark. But did you even you didn't enjoy this? No, no, 
No. <laughs> no. No. Wine. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. I, and, you know, it's... Uh, I think too many... Maybe a little bit of that Southland, too many threads, like trying to get too many perspectives and But they, they all have the same boring freaking thoughts about Actually, it. yeah, it's got a large ensemble cast, all of whom seem to be almost exactly the same kind of socio-economic the location. They're all yeah. the same person. So, yeah, you're not getting much of a... You know, being shocked about oh, where they're going to be in six months' time and, and not knowing how they're possibly going to end up there. Also, the freaking cliche of the main character being an alcoholic. It's such a it's such writer laziness. Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's allowed to be an alcoholic because oh, it's... How many freaking alcoholics do we have to see in American produce? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's the time of Elizabeth I. <laughs> he, he can... Uh... He's really, a big laudanum fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, that's Flash Forward. If you enjoyed Flash Forward and you think we are entirely wrong, 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 email us, yeah. hooray at boxcutters.net. Leave a message on the blog at boxcutters.net. Next week we will have a right of reply for, for those who think the Flash Forward is grouse. Yeah, so, we're, so we're just wrong. really, if you, think it's, if you think it's great, let us know. Text us, uh, email us, leave a message on the blog. We really want to know because we're all completely confused as to why it even ever got made. Are you one of those that follows the ads? Pepsi is putting coke into their ass. I can talk as much as I want. Got the sly look. Sly look. Sly look. Hello, this is Ricardo Montalban. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July. Go down on you. You know, one of the things that I love about about good food advertising is when they make food look really appetizing. So, uh, like, uh, remember, uh, Pizza Hut had that ad years and years and years ago where they would have... Stuffed crust? Uh, no, no. Where they would have, uh, like, salami balletically falling onto, you know, from a slicer straight onto Meat uh, lovers, where it's meat on meat on meat. But just looking gorgeous am I talking, on camera. <laughs> am I talking? Or are you just, are you just in your own world, I'm Brett Cropley? I'm actively listening. No, you're actively interrupting. It's different. It's different. So, yeah, so, so they would have, like, salami balletically falling onto a uh, pizza, and it would all be uh, on, a, on a black backdrop and beautifully lit and, uh, and just make you go, I don't even like Pizza Hut, but I want that now, which is the whole point of, uh, of food advertising and, and fast food ad- advertising food especially. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and there are specialists in it just to, to make yeah. it look as good as possible. And there are special tricks. <clears throat> so Domino's Pizza have a new thing that's called some... I think it's, it's called something like creme brulee puff. And it looks a little bit like a McDonald's apple pie. But then when you cut into it... This is what, what it looks like on the ad. So it's, it's like a, a McDonald's apple pie, but it's triangular. It's not a pizza. Let me just it's not it a pizza. It's not a pizza. Okay. It's not a pizza. It's a dessert mm-hmm. that looks like... Okay, a cross between... Curry uh, puff. Yeah, a, a cross between like a, a curry puff... Apple pie, samosa, you know, one of those, yep. one of those kinds of things. But then uh, they, they tell you, and they tell you it's creme brulee, and you go, ooh, that could be quite nice because I quite like creme brulee. How do they get the, uh, the, the little gas jet on to, on to caramelise the sugar on top? It's dominoes. They're amazing. But, <laughs> but then they crack open the samosa. The pastry. And it's like all this pus <laughs> just comes <laughs> Out. Hundreds of um, spiders. A friend of mine told me she went and they bought one, and all these spiders <laughs> came out. Really, it's this like 
it's this kind of spiders do not really come out of Domino's. <laughs> but it's this dark yellow ooze that just kind of blobs out of the out of the crust, and it really just looks like pus. So not only do they have pizzas that bleed cheese, they also have pustulant dessert. I've remember this is a thing for food advertising now with with because uh, you mentioned the stuffed crust before, Brad. The, the the things that ooze out, and to me that is always off putting. Like yeah, I don't I don't disgusting. want my food to ooze, and yeah, that seems to be a big thing to push. For and now, creme brulee, the filling in creme brulee does not ooze. No. It's not an oozy filling. No. You, you know what I want to ooze? My poached egg. When I cut into my poached yeah. egg, I want that to ooze out. If it's not a poached egg, it doesn't belong in the oozing category. It is astonishing, though, that with those food advertising, you know, as Brett was saying, there are so many experts in this field and people who do all these things and spray weird stuff on them. And there's always oh, yeah. tricks for... You do not want yeah. to eat what they actually no. use so on camera. All these tricks will make you look amazing. So when they do all that and the food still looks unappealing, you kind of go, wow, what is it like in real life? Yeah. And is it, is it American-produced ad or is it like... Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's an American-produced ad. You would think they would... Get it right. But then... The Americans and food, though, it's a weird relationship. Yeah. And, and like, they think the cheese that is an orange is weird. Yeah. They but think cheese weird. is supposed to be orange. It's Domino's. It's, uh, it's, it's very strange. But uh, on that note, uh, the last episode of 30 Seconds was on a, a couple of weeks ago. And in that... The, so you got 12 minutes uh, of the... Yeah. The Stephen, Curry, the Stephen Curry character, uh, uh, who was the ad director in... Uh, in the show, he's on the phone going, no, I can't believe you're actually using the milk in the glass. White paint. You need to use white paint. Get white. And then later on, he's on the, uh, he's, he's on the phone going, no, why did she drink the white paint? <laughs> she wasn't supposed to drink white paint. And it was one of the only funny moments in, uh, in about six episodes of 30 Seconds. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, they used milk for the rain in Singing in the Rain. Ah, that is that is so interesting. Anyway, camera. Domino's disgusting pustulant dessert. I don't buy it. You got your postal. I have a letter. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. Letters to box cutters now, and uh, we, we've. Uh, Thank you for all the people who congratulated us on 200 episodes, including Tim Ferguson, who uh, called after we had already recorded the show and uh, left a congratulatory message for us. So he didn't realise until he actually listened to the show and then rang us with the message. Sure, why not? Uh, Yeah, so so, I still listen. So uh, Tim Ferguson did that. Uh, I'll put that up on the blog this week. Uh, but thank you to everyone who uh, who wrote in saying congratulations on 200 episodes. I've listened to X number, and uh, it's it's great to know. And uh, and also thank you to all the people who have listened to 200 episodes, even though I did thank you in the last episode. There was still some talk on the blog at boxcutters.net that you weren't thanked. I just well, want to find out. Enough, not I thanked think, enough. Yeah, enough. Who? All the listeners. No, just uh, just some comments. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start. Uh, and of course, the people who threw streamers in their own home, homes, threw confetti in their own homes to celebrate the 200th. Yeah, the, the street parties that people held. The, the people the who accidentally held Windows Seven launch parties <laughs> at their house. Uh, uh, there was a little bit of a misunderstanding there, just a little bit. Uh, and uh, and uh, Darren Boxcutter emailed us to say uh, that he came across a great website that has some great long interviews with very famous actors. 
that is uh, available at metvlegends.org. So we'll put... Emmy is in the award. Correct. Not M-E like uh, Quincy. It's not. No. Uh, So uh, we'll put that link up on the blog as well. Thank you very much, Darren. Also, Baden wrote in... I don't think we read this one out. Baden wrote in saying, Dear Box Cutters, I really enjoyed the Beauty and the Geek interview from the other week. It was good to hear something a little different to Brett continuing to be a Brett Cropley because he thinks some people like it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure what that means. But... I... uh, uh, you know, I've I found it really interesting with Beauty and the Geek because I have actually been watching it, and I never engage with people on reality TV shows. But I'm really affected by what well, in the last two weeks the bitchiness of the the beauties in quotes uh, who have uh, been booted out in each of the weeks with the oh, no nobody's touching my buddy and uh, your favourites uh, from the very opening Josh uh, the tall one who's an eleven. Um, it's just such a pity that the geeks get taken out by him, though. You uh, so you just uh, you just keep watching it because you got the hots for Jenna. No, no, no for Corin. Is is the is the villainous one that you pointed out? At the beginning, is she still there? Like a, I don't know. I, don't, gonna, I stopped watching. Okay. Was that the one that Josh hated? One that Josh hated. Yeah. She went last week. Oh, okay. Right, right. Yeah, uh, she was the horse that thought she was an eleven. Right. <laughs> Anyway, that's the letters to Boxcutters. You can email us, hooray at boxcutters.net. Let's finish this show. If you watch one thing. Brett Cropley, if you watch one thing this week, what will it be? Um, I guess it would be, and I almost made a crap TV out of this, uh, because last week, Channel 9... Pretty much, well, with barely any notification, and it certainly wasn't in any of the weekly TV guides, um, showed Curb Your Enthusiasm, the first episode of the Seinfeld reunion special, uh, in place of a Two and a Half Men that was scheduled, uh, as they do four or five times a night now on uh, the Actually, network. Actually, so, sorry, someone sent us a, a text as well to say they're showing Two and a Half Men ten times, times a an, week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. That, that's it's 25 men. one thing Channel 9 have got that they think works for them. And, uh, you know, with with enough of that, they, they will uh, basically uh, do the same as they did with uh, Kitchen Nightmares. I can't think of his name. The Gordon chef. Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. But the, the, big, the big Seinfeld reunion episode that went on just with no promo whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, really with nothing. Um, and the second part of that is on uh, on Tuesday night, I believe it is, uh, just after Two and a Half Men. <laughs> so, so, so look it, where Two and a Half Men is. It went, on, it went on with no promo. But it was still full of POMO. See what I did there? Yeah. Uh, that's 9pm uh, on Tuesday, the Bear Midriff Seinfeld Part 2. Your 2pm. The one thing I'll be watching this week is uh, I decided to uh, commemorate the life of Barry Letts, the Doctor Who producer, to sit down with the DVD of Carnival of Monsters, which is an early 70s show that he directed. And watch that, that in his memory. That's on In My House, wherever I want it to be. It's, ah. on, it's on DVD. So if you, if you want to watch it, go over to John's house, to my house whenever you want to. Yeah, just knock on the door before in the morning. Ugh, come in, let's watch Cannibal Monsters. Cannibal Monsters through, uh, through uh, Ticket Tech. I never should have said yes, that. Yes, I never are. should have said that on the show. Tickets are ticket. Uh, if I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be hours and hours and hours of baseball, the uh, Major League Baseball World Series. 
starts this uh, Thursday morning on Fox Sports 3 at 10.30am. It always kind of gets snuck up by the World Series. It, it always seems like the wrong time of year. For right. Me. It, uh, it does like to spook you. Yes. It's, it said that to like me. Like the, the BNP with the uh, Euro Parliament. 10.30am uh, on uh, Thursday morning on Fox Sports 3 and repeated in a shortened version every night uh, at 11pm on 1. So people with free-to-air digital can also see it if they want to just 12 hours later. Okay, question three. Which can all these going to be about war? No. I got loads of I got one on tennis, one on the Suez Canal, loads. Okay, question 3. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? It's yours, Brett. It's all yours. Well, given given our uh, entry last week uh, <laughs> oh, oh, did you I, put that up on the I, blog? I, did you put that up on the blog like you said you would? You Brent? know what happened? Because the listeners all heard you say that you would definitely put that photo up on the blog. And uh, so did you? Did you do that? Because listeners were sitting there waiting, just clicking and clicking and clicking, refresh, refresh, or refresh. F- F5, also, alternately. Oh, yeah, yeah, F5. Or Command R, if you're on Safari. Yeah, yeah. So on did Mac. you do it? Did you uh, do it? The pictures are up there, but it's not in a post. <laughs> it was hidden, such... They're hidden on the site. <laughs> you have to find them, is yes. the new quiz this oh, week. That's, that's yep, the new yep, competition. Yep. Find them, and you'll get, you'll get the, the beanbag that Chad it's would otherwise get. part of the challenge, because clearly I'm over the whip and the dead horse uh, whipped cream that was uh, in the entry for last week's... Uh, Fantastic pitch your show idea to box cutters and maybe win a crumpler beanbag competition. So you still have... It ends on Halloween. Ends on Halloween. Pitch a show. Chad's done a whole stack of them. There's a couple of others. I'm so disappointed really in all of you people. Really yeah, yeah. All of you people have so let me down. I thought that this would be fantastic. I thought really, you, you guys Na- could Na- be Na- like all creative and have fun with us and there's been almost nothing. Nina had John and I feel about you. <sighs> Really? You can, so you can still enter the usual ways? All those, all those ways that Brett has mentioned in all those <laughs> all weeks. weeks. Was what, what was it again? Hooray! Boxcutters.net or... Uh, we can't, you, they can't attach anything on the blog, can they? Ne- um, um, next time, Brett, next time we do... Halloween is Friday, by the way. ...a big competition like this, yeah. can we actually nut out all of the details before... <laughs> Before, hey, you surprise, before you surprise announce it without thinking about it on the show. I'd been talking about it months before I actually announced it on the show. Yeah, but we didn't actually plan it. <sighs> anyway, you can still enter, and then we'll be getting someone in, and we'll be going through them all in a segment either next week or the week after. And we could be having this fight in pork. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. I got a bit of pork, I've been told. Governor. Governor. And I could be wrong. That uh, they, the, the Hey Hey It's Saturday repeats. Um, yeah, and they kept saying, oh, we'll be repeating it. And they repeat the first episode again. And apparently the second episode finally got repeated the other night. But with the, uh, the controversial uh, racist segments... They are racist. I'm putting um, air quotes there for no reason. Uh, cut out. So apparently they repeated the second. Hey, hey, the red faces, black face uh, segments. They had but been they repeated also, on Go but, the Saturday after the second but, Wednesday. 
mm-hmm. uh, both uh, one after the other. So were the, the, were the this week homophobic though, and, uh, and xenophobic stuff left in? No, though? left in. But they apparently they cut the uh, they cut the the blackface routine. But they also cut the shots apology. towards the end. Well, I presume they also cut the apology. But they also shot, cut some shots where the the guys in the blackface were standing around behind and had replaced them with um, reaction shots of the audience. Also, I'm told. Really? Yeah. Like who they uh, filmed those noddies. Yeah, lots of lots of audience noddies. <laughs> remember what a great revolution Hulu was? Do you, do you remember that? Yeah, cool. we never had Hulu here. Yeah, I know. But when when I was in the uh, when I was in the denied. US, when I was in the US earlier this year, uh, Hulu was fantastic. You could you could just open it up, watch all your shows for free. Uh, you just have to sit through a couple of ads, mm-hmm. maybe two ads per episode or per half hour episode mm-hmm. of, of just what you're watch watching. Anything that you wanted, any time you wanted. It was it was amazing. It was going to be the future of television. Well, we probably had a deal with uh, ISPs so that the bandwidth wasn't counted towards uh, anybody's... Oh, they don't, uh, no, they don't even they don't, have limits. They don't even have limits, really. Oh, uh, my God, what sort of utopia is this that people live in? <laughs> well... Hulu are going to start charging in 2010, and I saw what a uh, bunch of cocks. Well, that's not actually what they oh, said, cox, though. Is cox it? is a different provider. Uh, <laughs> I think charging in 2010. That's actually English. From what I saw, there was a, there was a press release from Hulu that was completely in in business jargonese that right. may have meant they'll be charging or could have meant anything. It was because uh, business uh, models was used a lot. Life, Lifehacker had a uh, had a, a poll. A few months back, saying, you know, it, will you still use Hulu if uh, if it, they start charging? And uh, the um, the response was something like forty percent said, "No, I will return to BitTorrent." Mm. So they they would rather do something illegal yeah. than uh, than uh, pay for. And it, you know, it might not be much. It might be a dollar a month. Well, in which case, I? that's that's fine. But, but, it, uh, but it is the problem of any any free service to then start charging for is always going to be difficult because well, people are used to it being look at free. Record breaking podcast from uh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, c- completely ruined by uh, by charging. And one of the things that uh, that they talk about in the book that came out recently called Free, uh, which was uh, written by the editor in chief of Wired magazine, who also wrote The Long Tail. Was that actually spelled F O W E? Did it have a sub, an al- an alternate kind of thing? I, I uh, seem to have uh, heard something a- a- about that over the week, and have some strange memory of it being not just free, free uh, as in free the future of a radical price by Chris Anderson. There you go. Uh, I'll put a link up uh, on the blog to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, he talks about uh, different different models of of paying, and Hulu had. One of those models, and that advertising in the content, advertising in the content, uh, and uh, and there are some really interesting uh, experiments done where someone is given something for free, and then asked later if they would pay a penny for it, and it cuts down the number of people who are willing to do just even pay a tiny, tiny amount, cuts it down by by a huge number. It's like they haven't read. The book that was already based on their business model—it's bizarre, bizarre. I say. So you wouldn't pay? You wouldn't pay for a Hulu type service? I wouldn't pay for for Hulu because. Uh, Nor for Fox News, any any news corp no, well, organ online. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really. No, I wouldn't pay for for Hulu. Why would I? 
pay for Hulu when it was already going to be the free alternative to my cable subscription, right? And now it's not. Now it's the paid-for alternative to my cable subscription uh, that I already have cable subscription, I already have a PVR, uh, so I can already watch all the shows that I want to watch at any time, plus all the networks already put all of their shows up on their websites mm-hmm. for me to watch if I miss one. But this is the point, though, isn't it? And the point is that, that uh, at which... At what point do we get to in which no one can afford to actually make television anymore? Like, because if everyone's giving everything away for free, which they have for many, many years. And, and I say this because I, I personally, yeah, just download stuff illegally because that to me is, is an easier way of doing it than any other form. And then I buy DVD box sets. Because you hate content stuff. producers. I hate content producers. No, but, things, but I do buy DVD box sets of, of stuff as well. It's that thing of they're surely, you know, I can understand they're getting a point in which these guys are going, okay, we've put everything up for free, you know, all these iPlayers and iViews and, and Hulus and everyone's giving away for free, but then how do you make money from that? And if someone like Hulu has discovered that the ads that they put on aren't making enough income to actually justify their existence, then surely something has to happen. And if that something is either Hulu vanishing or us paying for it. Well, isn't it just that they up the charge for the ads that they show in the content? No, because if, if people aren't buying the ads, then they can't prove that the ads are actually working. Uh, and so people if the aren't ads, buying the ads? People aren't buying the ads, but they can't prove it. Like that advertisers ads. aren't buying ad time in the Yeah, streets. not enough. Mm-hmm. Not enough. Uh, so so they're, they're obviously having problems that way, but it, it's really a matter of... Their business model is about innovation to start with. And now they're just going, they're just doing away with that and going to tradition, uh, which is not the great leap forward that they were to, to start with. It's, it's, it's a horrible regression, I think. And uh, we will get content made, just not from large corporations who don't understand how to do it. We will get things like. Uh, the excellent uh, TV series, the Guild. Oh, no, sorry, not TV series. Uh, short uh, internet series, The Guild, which is uh, just five minute episodes. Uh, they're up to their third season. It's a really fun show. I think I talked about it on the Outland Institute. But, one but time. it is that thing that The Guild is is. That's what I, I just worry about because I read this sort of stuff and I have the same reaction, which is I'm not going to pay for Hulu. I'm not going to pay for this kind of stuff. I want it all to be free. But then, of course, I actually want to be able to watch Mad Men though, and those sort of things. And those things, you're not going to be able to afford to make those on an internet. Basis, you know, the guild is five minutes long. It's very cheap. It's you know it, how. Sure, and, but you're paying. But Tom you're paying Elliott. sixty. You're paying sixty dollars for a box set for for thirteen episodes of Mad Men, right? Yeah, well, uh, it's not sixty, but yeah, it's it's more like thirty-five or forty at JB. But yeah, but you know, it retails for for sixty. Some mm-hmm. of them retail for. I think Carnival at the moment retails for eighty-five right. uh, per season, uh, which we just bought for twenty-five each from JB. That's what it, oh, it, this really? Is, yeah, yeah, but that's. You know, not everyone has a JB Hi-Fi. Right. <laughs> I was, I'm talking about I'm talking about recommended retail price. Okay. Because uh, that's what they're they're basing their income on. Uh, that's how content producers are making some of their money now. Except they're not because it's being gobbled up all down the line because these corporations are, are way too huge to actually make that enough money to to warrant producing a show like that. So. Uh, so there are things. I mean, if if you were a big fan of of the guild and you wanted to give them money, you could. In the same way that people who really like box cutters can give us money uh, if they really like us. So uh, there are those options. There are those different uh, business models as I well. I just wonder because we have talked to people like Tom Elliott in the past, and they were, everyone everyone agrees that television is dead. The current model of TV is dead. 
you know, it's 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 on its way out. It's not long to go now. Oh, John Tenderson, John Tenderson, predicting what the, the entire financial crisis is over. Advertisers are coming back, and everything's uh, sunshine and roses. But this is also like the actual coming year. the shows we're going to start seeing on free to air television. Because uh, I was thinking about this, so there are places like if you go to um, Spain or Italy, awful lot of the free to air television is these huge glitzy, hey hey, it's Saturday style. You know, variety programming because it's just the cheapest possible thing they can do, and I kind of wonder with no reality with, TVs with those no no but I mean no reality TV more expensive and that you have to film it for longer. You know these sort of things people just show up and you film them and you know you probably but you've got to pay talent. Yeah, reality TV still pay the pay the talent in some ways. Not like you pay Daryl Summers. No, but things like they're not paying people like Daryl Summers. Or they've got like yeah, some twenty-two-year-old cute little Italian kid who you know is largely so it's, disposable. It's, a sort of it's MTV like it's approach. like prime time quiz monkey. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, that seems to be the way they're all going in those sort of countries. And the other thing, we, we have all these people coming and saying like this is dead, this isn't going to work, and but still, no one seems to actually have worked out what the model is that's going to make the money because all the models we're talking about, sort of internet ways and donations and, and DVD sales, they're just not going to be able to make the same amount of money. Right. They're not going to be able to make the same amount of money, and that amount was shitloads mm-hmm. in the past. They're not going to be able to make shitloads of money. It's the same as uh, as the music industry. You know, People join a band, start a band, start performing, and they do it for the band to create the music, uh, to perform live, to get all, all that stuff. And then suddenly they become Metallica, and it is all about the money and they're shutting down new technologies and they're, they're trying to stop evolution because they're used to making a certain amount of money in a certain way. That's not the future of, uh, of entertainment. I mean, look at the, the big blockbuster movies that, that have been out. Uh, they, they have not been making the same return that the uh, cheap independents are making. Because people still just want to see good stories told well. And uh, and the amount of explosions doesn't really add that much to it. Look at how much money they spent on Flash Forward. But if they had really just set it in a lab at CERN and talked about all the same issues and had very similar levels of investigation... Uh, it would probably still be just just as entertaining. So I'm think- getting more out of Eureka uh, at midnight on Thursday nights mm-hmm. than I am out of Flash Forward. Yeah. So you're thinking in many ways what's going to happen is, is we'll have a return to more sort of 70s-style BBC programming, let's say, where it was more focused on characters and, and... Yeah, well, not yeah, but fewer sets and, and fewer locations, but focusing more on the characters and the actual yeah, issues. Yeah, actually, actually telling a story rather than... And telling a story that... that the people creating it want to tell rather than uh, creating a story that they think people want to see. I was uh, thinking about, I was thinking about this the, the other day cause I'm uh, rewatching some of the wire and uh, have you watched any of that yet, John? I watched that first episode. <laughs> yeah. You've, you've got to watch, you've got to watch M- it all. More than one. You have to watch it all. I've watched more than one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have, you have to watch at least the first five seasons. <laughs> at least uh, so, so I was thinking about The Wire and thinking about wow this is this is just a, a story told so well and it's not cheap to make because the cast is massive and uh, and there are lots of location shoots and uh, lots of things to, to work out but it is told really well and there is a really important story to tell which is the story of the city of Baltimore going through uh, so I uh, 
I was I was thinking about that, and then I was also listening to the uh, creator of NCIS Los Angeles this morning, and he was talking about how great it is that they could use a franchise because then they could create something that they already knew people liked. And uh, one of the big problems they have is that they're writing, you know, people might be watching episode three, but they're producing, uh, you know, they're shooting episode eight and writing episode 12. And so they don't know until episode 12 whether or not somebody liked something in episode three. So they don't have that instant reaction. They can't adapt. And I was thinking, well, if you were just telling a story that you thought was interesting, a story that actually meant something to you, that would come out in the TV show and it would be understood and uh, and it would find an audience because that's what these things do. And sometimes they take a long time. It took a long time for people to really appreciate the the brilliance of the wire and for it to, to spread as widely as it has now. Uh, same with The Shield. That took a long time. Instant gratification is not the way that television is going to go. So all of that money that was made by selling advertising because people were watching blockbuster television, that's all going to go away. And, uh, and advertisers are going to have to learn it. Networks are going to have to learn it. And if they don't, they're all going to be left behind. Which is a, and with a networks with kind of- with people at the helm, generally uh, that have no imagination nor real successful histories in being able to run creative organisations, they're not going to make that change. No, no, they with they're investment not. bankers running Channel Nine and Channel Ten, it's just not going to happen. And uh, and and Kerry Stokes really not caring about Seven uh, because he's. He's distracted by other things. WA. Yeah. It's not going to happen in Australia. If it does happen, it's going to be with the ABC. It's going to be with SBS. And SBS are doing it. I mean, they are creating uh, Australian drama that they never used to do. It's one of the good things that Sean Brown is doing. Uh, and there's a, a new season of East West 101 on at the moment. Now, East West 101, not as bad as I said uh, uh, initially. Oh, really? uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? On this show, on this show, Brett... I uh, I revisited East West 101 and talked about how wrong I was. Yeah. If you listen to the show or even listen to what I say... Once they killed off William McGuinness, it was okay. Because yeah, you yeah. hate him. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do have him. a problem with Captain Cardboard. But they are doing things like that. They're, they're producing stories that are about us. It's acting on the inside. And, uh, you know, but I'm looking at the outside. There's no acting there then. Uh, the... Uh, but they are. They're producing stories that are about us. And I think one of the reasons that East of Everything doesn't work, uh, one of the reasons that all of these new sea change style uh, shows don't work, it's because they're trying to show us fantasy. They're not trying to show us our stories. And things like Who Do You Think You Are, they are showing us our stories. They're showing us something about ourselves, about humanity, they just haven't picked up on... Like, the networks just don't realise that that's what people want to see now. Even Pack to the Rafters is probably the most realistic show Channel 7 have produced in a long time. And that's because it's just about a family. All Saints? All Saints is a hospital drama. It doesn't count. All Saints is finishing up this week, by the way. Tomorrow last, night. Uh, Yeah, Tuesday night. Last episode ever mm. of 
All Saints. I, I feel somewhat uncomfortable at how much Channel 7 are making of it in their advertising about you've loved these people for, for your entire life given how they treated it and how they destroyed it, basically. Oh, yeah, they're assholes. But, yeah. the, uh, uh, but the thing is, you know, that's what people want, but the networks aren't giving it to them. And, uh, and they keep trying to work out what people want rather than just trying to work out what stories they want to tell. It's going to be the same thing for the next 10 years, if not that's 10, at least five months. That's what happens when your hair's on fire. That is. You can't just settle down and say, okay, let's see where it goes. And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 201. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. We're the one. Oh. Catch us again next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Boxcutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Boxcutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 That's 0458 Carter. Hey John. Yeah. Remember right at the beginning of the show when uh, when when I said that we had a, a Ray watch. Mm. I'm asking you if you remember because Brett doesn't remember anything yeah. that we do yeah. in, in the show. Uh, and 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 I said yes, we we have a Ray watch. You lied. I, I did. There was no Ray watch. There at was all. N- there you was lied there was no me. Ray watch. You lied. I stayed to the end for everything. I know. Sorry. No Ray watch next week. Sure, but it won't be as relevant. Won't be as instant. Won't be, you know what? It won't be. It mm. won't be like uh, delicious, fluffy dead mashed potato. Mm. Mm. That's tasty. Guilty pleasures. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to, or have just missed, Box Cutters. <laughs> <laughs>